Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and I got a good email for you guys today that we're going to be talking about pertaining to the stock market, pertaining to swing trading. We're going to tackle this one. It comes from a dude named Bubba. Yes, we're going to talk about Bubba here. That's not his real name. That's the name I gave him because he didn't tell me I couldn't call him that. And I try to not give away the real identities of people just because people may not like that. So unless otherwise given the guidance to give you a certain particular name, I give you guys a name myself. So when you send these emails in, tell me what name you want me to call you or I'm going to give you a, a really good, solid, redneck Florida name. So Bubba here sends me a pretty long email. So I... It was actually two different emails, so I've had to kind of like parse this thing together so it kind of makes sense. But nonetheless, it's a good solid email. He he talks about a lot of good stuff here. And really, parts of it is about the difficulty of dealing with the stop losses. And the, the other part of it is being scared to take the trades that you see and then seeing them a couple days later really flourish. And now, as a trader, I, I've had that. I've dealt with that. That's that's not anything uncommon to traders. But there's certain things that you can do to combat that, and we'll talk about that and more on this podcast. So we'll start it off by saying, Hey, Ryan, I love the podcast. And like you said, you can't cover too much of technical analysis considering there is no visuals that you can provide on your podcast. Ah, but there is. And you can do that by going to swingtradingthestockmarket.com. It's my Patreon account. And you can sign up for it and get my daily watch list that I update multiple times a week. I also send out daily setups every day. So you get that as well in the morning. Plus, you're going to get updates on the most interesting charts that I find each and every day. As well as updates each week on the FANG stocks plus Microsoft plus Tesla. And you're going to get multiple updates each week on the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000. So go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You'll get all the information for it and more. That's all I'm going to do about plugging that. I encourage you to check it out. Now back to this email here. So he says there's no visuals in the podcast, obviously, because it's just audio, but I see your podcast as a great way to get in the right mindset, which is what I really try to focus on here because so much of trading is having the right mindset. In fact, I would probably say at least 80% of trading is having the right mindset, the right approach to trading and having the confidence to do the right thing. A lot of people get caught up on that 20% of like getting the right stock picks and everything else. And that's not necessarily what's going to define your greatness as a trader. It's all about what's in between the ears. I'm not talking about IQ or smarts. And if that was the case, then the best traders out there would be your doctors and your engineers and your physicists. But it's not. You got people of all sorts of walks of life that have been successful in the stock market, not because they were the smartest people, but they can control the emotions. They could control their psyche. They recognize the chart for what it was. And we're going to get into that in this podcast here. And he says, 
teaching us to have the right mindset in this podcast, which really helps filter out the BS that you see and hear everywhere else on the internet. I figured I'd elaborate more on my current situation. I'm 24 years old and have been intrigued by the stock market from a very young age. I have a great career as an engineer that I love. Thus, I don't think I would ever want to make trading a full-time career. That is totally cool, man. And, and it's good, too, that you have a good career, that you like your career, and that you've recognized what you want out of trading. You don't want it as a full-time gig. Not everybody needs it as a full-time gig, obviously. And most people won't. So it's good that you want to do it as a part-time, and that's, that's your aim. That's, that's very doable. I started looking into swing trading by reading a book on trend recognition and thought to myself, this is perfect for me, since I had zero interest in doing a bunch of research on company earnings and so forth. You and me both, bud. I do not want to do company research at all. There's plenty of banks that do that. They provide their research in most cases for free. No need to do that, nor do I even really want to read their research, to be honest. I know a lot of people get caught up in doing both technical and fundamental analysis, and I, I think it's, for the most part, either or. It doesn't mean that you have to completely shut out the news or shut out the, the fundamentals. For instance, I don't trade through earnings. That's a fundamental situation that supersedes technical analysis, and I don't hold through an earnings report because of that. I start off with $1,500 in my account to just test the waters and see where that could get me. I'm using Qtrade, as mentioned above, which has an 875 commission. Yeesh. I think this guy is from Canada because I think Canada, for the most part, still has commissions, which sucks. I mean, I think they're going to eventually have to come around to it. But I do know that there's people in Canada that are able to trade in some U.S.-based companies. you got to look into that. I don't know them offhand, but I know I've seen it in the, on the SharePointer trading block. People from Canada that are able to get commission-free trades. So you really got to look into that. Do some research on it. And if you find it out, let me know what it is because – and if anybody's listening – let me know too, because I would love to be able to pass along this information in future podcasts. If you're trading commission-free in Canada or any country for that matter, I'd love to put that information out there for you guys. I'm not even familiar with Qtrade. I've heard it mentioned a few times from people who have told me that they're using it, but I really don't know if it's a good platform or not. It sounds like the, the Canadian version of the Robinhood platform, perhaps, except it's charging you for commissions. He says, I then apparently got cocky. I went on a few trades, 20% on Air Canada, thus the reason why he's probably from Canada. A, I then apparently got cocky and lost those profits and more. Classic rookie move, yes. But it, you know what? A lot of people that have been doing it for a while have that same, same problem. Before listening to your podcast, I traded a few volatile stocks that ate away at my capital, which I now realize was more gambling than analyzing the trend. And you know what? I had a perfect situation that dealt with gambling in the stock market in a way that was that was more like a, a blackjack table at Las Vegas or playing a, the slots or something else. And that, that involved Roku. So to give you a little bit of a background about it without, again, trying to get into visuals or anything else, because I try to make it as easy to understand without having to look at a chart or anything of that nature. Roku had this nice bull flag that was forming. And then Thursday of last week, it broke out of it, and then Friday it just had this massive gap higher. Now, Thursday of last week I couldn't trade. There just wasn't the right risk reward to the trade. And then the following day it just had this massive explosion to the upside. It basically went from 225 to over $250 a share. A little bit annoyed by that, but then this week when the market gapped way higher, a lot of your COVID-friendly stocks pulled back quite a bit. Roku was one of them. It pulls back to the breakout level, so I'm watching it. I don't know if it's going to bounce there yet, so I'm not going to catch a falling knife. The market closes pretty much at its lows of the day. So then yesterday, I decided, okay, I'm going to trade this stock. If it breaks above 230, I'm going to get long on it, and I'm going to have a stop loss around 217-ish. Okay, I don't remember the exact numbers, but that was a good risk-reward for it. For me on that trade, I didn't want to make the stop loss any tighter, and I didn't want to make the stop loss any bigger. That was like the perfect setup for me. Well, 
it never broke above 230. Instead, it sold off the whole day, broke back below the bull flag, and closed slightly below it. Now, today it started showing signs that it was going to gap up, and there was a part of me that said, okay, am I going to keep this trade set up going? Because it didn't trigger the previous day, but I'd still like to get into this trade. I think it's, it's, a, it's a nice chart to it. But the big problem was is because it went like all the way down to like 206, and the only place for me to get in today would have been like 228. So then we're talking like, you know, close to like 9, 10%. I didn't want to get into that kind of craziness there okay because one the stop loss placement wasn't that strong of a stop loss placement i didn't like it as much it didn't represent much support that if it broke below that support that would be where i get out at it didn't have any of that and again i'm not trying to get too visually focused here you don't need to pull up a chart to listen to me talking about this trade but what did it do it gapped a little bit higher yes i could have taken that trade and it might have worked out fine but it rallied like over 6.8 percent today and so there's a part of me that says, okay, I missed out on that trade. I missed out on that trade. It stinks. But all I was doing is just following risk reward. I was trying to manage the risk. And sometimes managing the risk means that you're going to miss out on some really good gains. And that that's always a sucky part of trading. It's very frustrating because it's easy to doubt yourself when you do that. You start thinking, it's like, well, how could I have traded that? Oh, then next time you see a similar situation, you're going to take the trade and then you're going to get your hide handed to you because you ignored risk. So while Roku rallied without me, it doesn't mean that I made a bad decision passing up on it. Because again, it's just like when you get stopped out of a trade, a stock's going to go up or down after that. It's going to trend higher. It's going to trend lower. It's going to trend sideways. And so sometimes we base that whether or not we should have followed our stop losses off of hindsight and what it did when we got stopped out of the trade. And that's not the right approach because we don't, we don't have that luxury to trade off of hindsight. We have to trade in the here and now. And Roku represented a lot of risk on that particular trade. And I wasn't going to take it at all. So if I had taken that trade, it would have been more of a gamble. And that's what Bubba's talking about here is he made 20% on Air Canada, and then he started trading at some volatile stocks and it ate away at his capital. Here's the thing. I don't want it to eat away at my capital. I don't want any trade to eat away at my capital. Yes, there's going to be times where you go through losing streaks. That's just part of trading, guys. You just got to pop out of it. I've gone through enough losing streaks in my life to where I know eventually I come out of it. I talked to this one guy at a trading convention that I was at one time. And I had asked him, I was like, what do you do after you've lost three or four trades in a row? And he says, I don't even know what losing three or four trades looks like. I've never done that before. I'm like, bull. Any case, I did not believe anything that that guy had said to me thereafter because everybody has gone through losing streaks. You can't avoid it. You're going to deal with it. I've had losing streaks this year, but you snap out of it. Hey, before I forget too, we got a little whiskey we got to try, right? I'm burying the lead here. This whiskey is from Jack Daniels. It's called Gentleman Jack. I've been kind of wanting to try this for a long time. Double mellowed Tennessee whiskey, distilled and bottled by Jack Daniel Distillery, Lynchburg, Tennessee, Virginia. Trying to read this bottle, it makes you wonder if I'm turning into Stevie Wonder here, man. They make these letters so small. But anyways, it is 40% alcohol. That makes it 80 proof. And again, I, I rate these on a scale of 1 to 10. No expert in the field of bourbon, whiskey, or anything else for that matter. This isn't even a bourbon. This is uh, just a Tennessee whiskey. Let's give it a shot, though. Definitely better than the regular Jack Daniels stuff. This is much stronger. I'm surprised it's only 40%. Holy cow. About knocks me on the floor drinking this. It is strong. Mm, need another taste of this here. It's got a really nice rich color. I love the color on it. But I mean, I think all Jack Daniels has a pretty decent color to it. Again, I don't know if there's a lot of flavor to it, but it is pretty decent. Smells pretty good. And you know, I have a uh, guy that sent me an email and I'm going to tell you guys about it. I'm going to experiment with it a little bit more, but he was giving me some tips on how to, how to taste the 
the full flavors of the bourbon. And uh, I'm going to try that out a couple times and then get back to you in the next episode or one of the next two episodes. Good good whiskey, though. I don't think it's great, and I don't think it's bad. I think it's like a 6-8 out of 10. 6-8 out of 10 is what I would give it here. No, I, I, really, when I'm, when I'm drinking these whiskeys, I, I, I look for it to kind of give me an experience. I don't know if I'm really getting an experience from this. There's a lot of whiskeys that will give you that good experience, that good flavor, that good taste. But anyways, not bad, 6-8. That's all I can really give it. It's not bad, but it's not great. So it's kind of there in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Picking up, though, with Bubba, what he has to say, he talks about how he's trading like $500, and he says it takes a while to actually start seeing profits when you only make 5% on a trade. Look, you can make profits on 5%. I get, you know, if you're only trading with $500, that's going to be like 25 bucks, and then commissions are going to eat into that. And, yeah, that that that's pretty rough. I mean, you're not going to make much money off of it. But, you know, if you can do that consistently, you will make money, even though the majority of your money is going to be going to commissions. That's why I think it's important with this whole groundbreaking development among most of your brokerages here in the United States where they've gone commission free that there's bound to be something that you can find up find that loophole that you can get into commission free trading because it really does make a difference even more so from being able to take partial profits along the way too but really don't don't worry about getting rich or getting a lot of profits just worry about executing good trades if you start executing good trades consistently and regularly year after year after year you're going to make those profits so don't dollar watch and when I say dollar watching, that's when you're starting to be more concerned with how much money your account's making rather than following your trade setups. When we start following what our dollar amounts are on, on winning trades and losing trades, we start personalizing that and start making decisions that have nothing to do with the stock market, but more so with our own personal lives. But here he, he brings, and this is where I want to bring it home, and this is really the gist of the whole episode here, and that is about being scared to trade. He says, I find myself lacking a bit of confidence before a trade. It always seems like um, getting stopped out towards the end of the day i'm taking these four percent losses and i don't want to lose the little capital that i have it's currently at twelve hundred dollars even though the charts look good i'm afraid to take that trade so i also even found myself being correct about my analysis a day or two later when the predicted trend occurs any advice you can give me for this stage in my career well yes the more you trade the more confident you're going to get and you know what most traders do blow out account it's better to blow out a small account than a large account and i'm not saying go be reckless and blow out your account and lose your money. I'm never saying that. I'm just saying that you're not going to be considered a failure in trading if you blow out an account. Again, try not to. Don't don't go blowing out an account if you don't, you know, at, at all. Don't don't do that. But trading's about a process and it's good that you're starting with a small amount. It sucks that you're doing that and having to pay commissions because again, in the United States, I'm not trying to bring this home back to to the United States, even though about 74% of you guys are from the United States. I'm trying to be respectful to the 26% that are not. Starting small when it's commission-free is, is the way to go until you get your sea legs. And then the more and more confident that you get and the better that you get, more consistent you get, that's when you start adding more capital to your trading. And I'm not trying to marginalize $1,200. I'm not. It's significant and it's important. And it's important to Bubba here. But you can paper trade 
for a long time, but it's never going to give you the full experience of trading with your own capital. You're not going to feel the emotions. You're not going to feel the gravity of a bad trade. You're just going to move on to the next trade. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll reset my paper trade account. You have to trade with your own money in order to feel what it's really like to be a trader. And that's what I try to do in so many of these podcasts is really get you in the right mindset as a trader when you're trading your own money because there's so many emotions that are involved in it. But you have to come to a point, too, where you're going to say, am I going to trust my analysis or am I not? If I'm wrong, does that necessarily mean that I'm bad at analyzing trades? No, it doesn't mean that at all. And he talks about how, yeah, I got I get stopped out all the time before the end of the day. Well, him being new to trading, that could just be a trend with the market right now. You've seen a lot of end-of-day sell-offs that have taken a lot of people out of stops. I've been stopped out of trades as a result. Sometimes it just deals more with the market conditions than anything else. If we're rallying in the morning, which we've seen a couple of times this week, and then we're selling off in the afternoon, then yeah, you may be getting stopped out. But it also got to ask yourself, what kind of stocks am I trading? Am I trading stock that has a beta of like two or three? And when I'm talking about beta, it's like how much more does a stock move in conjunction with the market? So if the market goes up 1%, is this thing going up 4 or 5% every time on average? Or if it's going down 1%, is it going down 4 or 5%? You may be trading with too much beta. And if that's the case, then you need to, you know, hone in those parameters and maybe reduce the beta on your trades. Again, I'm not trying to get too technical. Beta, I've already explained that. It's just simply figuring out how much volatility there is associated with an individual stock relative to the overall market. But try to cut down on volatility if that's whipping you around a lot. Also, it doesn't hurt to do some paper trades, but you can't live in paper trade territory. That's just bad. It's like wanting to know how to swim, but you're refusing to get into the water. you got to get in the water if you want to swim. And doing it with a small account, that gives you the opportunity to make mistakes without you know, setting you back for life. But it sounds like Bubba's problem is not that he doesn't know how to chart, that he doesn't know how to find the trends or the analysis. But he just needs to have more confidence in what he's doing. And trading is so much about confidence. You have to put yourself out there as a trader. You have to take the trades that meet your parameters for what's acceptable. And if it's causing you still too much anxiety, then reduce your position sizes. It's a little bit harder as you get into a smaller and smaller account with commissions. But if you don't have commissions, well, you just keep reducing it until it's with a dollar amount that you're comfortable with. Look, in a, in a commission-free environment, if it's trading with 10 bucks and you can get fractional shares... By all means, that's what I would be doing if I couldn't handle handle it. And you have to start somewhere. So for Bubba here, he's got to start somewhere. He's got to start building. So that's going to do it for this episode. I encourage you guys, make sure you're going to the platform that you're listening to it on. Either subscribe or leave a review. If there's an option to leave a review, please be sure to do that. Five stars mean the world to me. It continues to let me to put out these, these episodes multiple times a week. I love doing this. It's the most favorite thing that I do each and every week. Send me your emails, just like Bubba did here, and I will be sure to get to them. When I get to a point to where I can't get to them all, I'll let you guys know. But right now, I can get to all your emails, okay? And I want to thank you guys, too, for October. 62,000-plus people listen to the podcast. That's awesome. I really, really do appreciate that. If you have any questions, send me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner trading block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world, with your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, 
please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.